Welcome to Between Two Worlds, Life's Business Podcast. My name is Tim Segerton. I'm a business owner and pastor and passionate about supporting people in business. And today I have a good mate of mine, Nick Edwards, with me. Welcome, Nick. Great to be here, Tim. Thanks for having a good chat. Yeah, awesome. Um, and for those that don't know... Nick is the community executive here at Life, has a really significant portfolio, but is also co-owner of fashion label I Love Ugly. And so really keen to chat about that today, Nick. And awesome. uh, maybe I, I thought we'd start again with all guests, mm-hmm. get a bit of a background to uh, who you are, maybe just talk a little bit about your family, but also keen to understand your, I guess, work history yeah. and um, how I love Ugly, your involvement there came about. So, yeah, yeah totally. Like, um, so I'm an Aussie. Don't hold that against me, anyone no, uh, in no, New Zealand. No, been here long enough. I've been, and and uh, much to my mates' amusements, I now have a Kiwi kid. So uh, I've been married for 10 years um, to Shaz, and Paige came along two years ago. And uh, that changes everything. That hey? <laughs> was a real game changer for us. You know, we'd been married eight years and a uh, little bit older in life. So, you know, we often joke at 3 a.m. in the morning, man, this would have been a lot easier if we were 10 years younger. I'm energy levels. Hey? Yeah, like... totally. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we love it. She's been a game changer and just a joy to our life. So really excited about that. Um, my background is in retail and fashion. Uh, finished uni, had no idea what I wanted to do. A couple of degrees, I'm under my belt, like everybody else, a hex debt uh, through the roof, but didn't know what I wanted to do. So I found a job back in the day in the paper uh, with a retail company in Australia, and I thought, oh, I'll do this for six months, that sounds fun. And really just like loved what I did and accelerated through the company, discovered that there was this whole world in retail that I never knew existed. Uh, I could do HR, I could do finance, I could do sales, all these things. But I ended up in buying and product development and I really enjoyed it and, and had some amazing opportunities with a couple of companies in Australia. Uh, and then I got headhunted by a company here in NZ and that's how, you know, after 30 odd years of living and um, being raised in the same city, uh, Shaz and I relocated to the beautiful New Zealand. It's kind of a big deal, though. Hey? It was. Like taking up your life and totally. And because you would have done a lot of travel, but did your buyers do a lot of travel? Oh, heaps, yeah. So I spent like probably three to four months a year overseas, traveling around. I had a quite a good job. Like, got, you know, I think. Um, all the girls in my life used to laugh, say, you've got the best job for a girl. It was like a company credit card and, you know, trips around the world every <laughs> few months. It was quite good. On a big shopping spree. <laughs> On a big, big shopping spree, you know. So it was it was great and, you know, really blessed because I got to see a lot of Australia, I got to see a lot of the world because of it. Uh, but, yeah, totally relocating here was a really big deal and we felt like there was a really good like God thing on it, but it was a fresh start for both of us. We both grew up in the same city. Um, both our families are still there, so you know. How did you end up at Life? Did you come here straight away? No, nah, so we we we. Can, I moved about three months before Shaz kind of moved over. She was finishing some projects at the company she was, and um, you know I was traveling a bit in that first three months. And when she got here, we thought really wanted to find a church, and so we kind of checked out a couple of different churches. As soon as we walked into Life, um, to be really honest, it felt like home. Um, and and that was at the old uh, Mount Eden Road, yeah. you know, and it just felt great. We just walked in and straight away. It took us a while to connect, if I'm really honest, 
but it was great to finally um, you know meet some amazing people who have not just become friends but actually become family so that's how we ended up at life okay and so do you start this new job and um, uh, okay what's the transition from that to yeah so I was there for about two and a half years kind of discovered that I really product development wasn't actually what I was really passionate about that became quite evident I was a really good buyer of brands and good range planner and all those things but the development of product wasn't really a specialty of mine and that was the job that was the job and you know like everybody had a few conflicts because of that and a few um, but it was a public company here in New Zealand and so it was quite an aggressive um, business around targets and growth and all of those things and I just felt like looking into my future I knew that I didn't want to do this forever I knew I didn't want to be a buyer and I'd seen a lot of guys both in Oz and New Zealand who were in their 40s or late 30s trapped in this world um, making really good money. Um, <laughs> yeah, golden handcuffs. <laughs> literally golden handcuffs. Like They literally like had this lifestyle that was attached. They loved the travel. They loved all these things, but no progression and no real future. Yeah. And it was a really definitive moment for me where I decided, you know, early, you know, kind of like I think I was about 33 at the time, 30, 33, 34, and I just needed to do – and if I was going to do something different and have a radical change – I did. Took three months off trying to figure out, you know, as you can imagine, we'd moved countries, um, you know, to a new country. I was really struggling with what I wanted to do with my life. Like, knew I didn't want to go back to what I did. And so spent about three months figuring that out. And um, the rest really kind of just fell into place. I think that's the amazing part about what God's done for me over the last season. Um, started doing some work at church with Pastor Scott, which was amazing. Uh, he just taken on community. And so he's like, hey, can you come help? I was like, mm, sure, but only if I can do it, you know, yeah. like on the yeah. side. This is what I really wanted to do. At the time, I thought I was going to be a consultant. You know, I've got all this background experience in buying. Companies in New Zealand needed some help. Um, and as it turns out, one of those companies was I Love Ugly. Oh, so you were actually helping them as a consultant? Yeah, that's how. So I got introduced to the owner of I Love Ugly by, who was the founder, um, by his previous business partner. Um, They'd split up a few years earlier and I got introduced to this guy randomly at, at, um, at a breakfast I was at and we got chatting and he's like, mate, you've got to meet you know, got to meet V. I think you guys will get along really well, but also he needs someone like you. And I was like, oh, perfect. What a great gig. Because I was doing some background reading. I didn't understand this part. Yeah. You know, they'd gone through some a turbulent time after a, a real um, big start. Yeah. Um, kind of fell from grace with some totally. decisions that they made. Yep. And is that when you came in? Uh, after that, yeah. So yeah. post that, yeah. yeah. So about 2015, they were flying, you know, as a brand. They'd kind of come out of the woodwork. Everyone thought they were, you know, awesome. They had shops in Australia, up in LA, New Zealand, uh, but really made some really poor business decisions and got themselves in a whole bunch of trouble. Um, and both of the owners, one of them obviously got out of it. The other, V, bought his business partner out, but really sacrificed a lot of his own life, like almost bankruptcy. Wow. And so really built it back from there. And I came on board about 2017 and just helped to bring some structure back into play. And has come on board, 
as a you consultant. actually bought no as a consultant. So I came on board in twenty seventeen as a yeah. consultant, and in twenty eighteen, after about six months of doing some work with V, uh, our relationship was really great from the from the moment we met. We just got a really great friendship, got a really great um, working relationship around. I'm keen to talk a little bit more about yeah, that later totally, on as totally. well because I think that's really interesting. Yeah, but yeah. So as a result, um, yeah, Shaz and I made the decision to to buy into the business. Um, you know, I probably in naivety, looking back, I think, man, what I, it was a big risk. You know, <laughs> like the more I got into the business, the more I realised how messed up it actually was. Gee, I've heard a lot of stories like that about again buying yeah. into the business. Would you have advice for people? Oh, look, I think two things. I think do your DD, like, yeah. but get someone external to do it. I did and a lot of didn't. it myself. Yeah. yeah, I did a lot of it myself, and probably thinking that I knew a bit more than I did from a financial point of view. But it wasn't actually the finances. It was actually all the other bits and pieces, the history of the company, a lot of the guarantees that were tied up in a lot of the historical debt. Um, and so someone external, my recommendation would be to have a good, a good look at it. But the other thing I would say is if you believe that you can bring value to the business, I think that's really important practically speaking so for me i knew what they were missing was a lot of operational um, aspects and that was a really skill set that i had structure planning um, product knowledge as well obviously yeah. but from a real practical point of view not just a creative design which is like v is uber creative he's a he's an amazing guy but it was just those practical elements around planning and product and structure um and the other part of it is, I think, brand. Like, the one thing that I always knew. The first piece of product I ever bought, first clothing item I bought when I moved to New Zealand was an I Love Ugly jacket and a pair of pants. And, you know, so I'd, I had this synergy and attachment to the brand. I really liked it. And it had a great brand reputation. People didn't understand what was happening behind the scenes. And I think with those two aspects in play, um, it's actually quite... It was actually awesome. So that would be my advice. Get some external, but also back yourself if you believe that you can do it. So, yeah. That's a pretty cool start. And um, again, I love it that you're highlighting the different skill sets that you both bring to the the partnership. Yeah. And um, uh, I guess since that time, did you want to talk a bit about the partnership at this point? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of like, yeah, so from then, like, I mean... Do you want to talk about like the people aspect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So, like, for anyone considering going sure. into business with another person, yeah. what would you, what advice would you give? Because you know, from a distance, yeah. um, you know, you guys are really different people, totally. um, different walks of life, yeah. um, focuses, but you've got this awesome team and um, yeah. achieving amazing success. So, I do want to actually let's highlight at this point sure. that you guys have had an amazing. 2022 and um, won a very prestigious award um, with Deloitte's Fast 50. And where did you actually come in the ranking? 19th. 19th, so top 20. So top 20. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, really, really proud of that. That's been a huge achievement. It was, you know, really highlighted from 2020 to 2022, like where the business had come from and where it had grown. And you know, when you're in it in the trenches, particularly March 2020 when COVID hit, I mean, I'll never forget that week. That was the most, like, horror week of my life. It was terrible. Just looking down the barrel of 
not knowing what to do. And at that point, the business was still recovering and coming out of where it had been. Like we were still clawing our way out of that. And then you get all this and then everything stops. That is, this well, everything stops, right? We couldn't ship product, you know. And I'll never forget the day we turned. Like V and I said, okay, well, let's just put on the website. We don't know when we're going to ship any product. But if you want to buy, please do. And I'll never forget looking at the sales at the end of the first day and people who bought product. It was just mind-blowing. And I remember calling him going, man, people have bought, like they're buying. Okay, let's let's just keep keep doing it. And so, yeah, from that point, you know, we had about 13 staff at that point, which was quite stressful as a business. 13 staff? March on 2020. Online or warehouse? Yeah. Physical two, stores? Two retail stores at the time. So yeah. one here in Auckland and one in Wellington. Um, and yeah, and then two years later, we've now got four stores, um, an even bigger warehouse and online business, 57 staff. Wow. Yeah, across the business. Um, so yeah, it's been a really huge growth trajectory. But yeah, it was a really big honor to be, you know, to make that list this year with Deloitte. So it was cool. Yeah, I reckon that's absolutely fantastic. So, um, uh, you know, the, the partnership. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, like, one of the things is I always think, like any team, chemistry has got to be the most important thing. And, you know, when I got introduced to V, I'll never forget, we had we met at a coffee shop and, you know, once we kind of got over a bit of the macho, like, <laughs> you know, chest puffing of who we both were, we ended up spending a couple of hours just chewing the fat about, like, the industry and business and life and and it was a real instant like chemistry and yeah. you know we've been having breakfast you know every week or so at the same cafe for five years now and that's been one of the keys I think to our actual success as a business is that relationship piece is an underpinning the other thing I think has been really crucial is right from the outset when when we bought into the business um, and became directors and partners um, very clear outcome and exit strategy for our relationship. So very clearly defined roles. Um, you know, I was really passionate and committed at the time, and I said to V, um, I really feel called to church. It's what, what I'm, you know, I'm really passionate about it at that point. Like I was getting more involved in the community stuff. And I said, so if you want me to be your business partner, this is what it means. That's my primary role, and I'll do this on the side. Um, if you're okay with that, then we're going to be all good. And the other part was really clear outcomes. Okay, what is our plan over the next two to five years? You know, things change, but being on the same page right from the outset, absolutely. So outlining those expectations. Yeah. And I think this is... And you did that from the start, and I th- think this is where a lot of people do go wrong with partnerships, totally. is that they don't address the hard questions yeah. when things are fine or at that outset and only yeah. maybe tackle them when once there is a problem. Yeah. Have, have you guys had conflict? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, often. Because we do, we're, we're very similar in terms of we're aligned on what our strategy is, but we're very different in our personality. So we often have conflict around the fact that you know, I'm probably a self-inflicted workaholic a little bit. I'm trying to change that. So, you know, <laughs> new year, new me, as they say. But I did um, see you in here at about 6.30 or 6 exactly. this morning. So. But, but, and V being creative, 
um, you know, there's times where I just have to, you know, him and I have butted heads on certain things. But I would also say that we've been really clear in terms of I'll let him know what I think about areas of the business that are under his control um, and he will do the same for me. But ultimately, he gets the decision in those areas yeah. and I get the decision in the areas that I'm responsible for. So, you know, obviously together we make decisions and that's not about, oh, well, I don't agree. But, you know, if I don't like some of the designs or the product, I'll, I'll tell him straight up I don't like them. But ultimately, if he wants to put them in the business, that's his choice because that's his, ultimately, that's his specialty. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I think, a really important part of the relationship is just open com- conversation. But really, I, I think it's based on relationships. Because you, you, you like to enjoy life. Totally. And again, from, the out, yeah. from an outside perspective, it looks like you're having a lot of fun. I do. I love life. I think I've got the best life in the world. Like, I, you know, it's, it's not easy and it hasn't been easy. But, um, you know, what, what more would I want in life? You know, like I've, I've, you know, we've built a great business that's still growing and still building. You know, I get to work at church, which I love. Um, and that real purpose piece, you know, I think is really important. So for me, I tick a lot of boxes in, you know. And I also have a very understanding wife. Yes, she you is, do. She's, she's <laughs> yes, gracious, you do. She's beyond gracious. <laughs> um, it's, an, it's an industry that I'm not that familiar with. Sure. But one of my all-time favorite books is Shoe Dog Brilliant by book. Bill Nye. Yep. And it gives me an insight into fashion and right? yep. retail. Yep. And just hadn't understood the risk element and the challenge that comes with growth when you're totally. having to purchase product, um, buy from overseas. Um, You know, what's your view on growth and risk, which seem to be just intertwined in your industry? Absolutely. I think, like, one of the things is, you know, you have to back yourself with, like, your product. And I think, to your point around the Shoe Dog book, it's it's actually a really great insight into the cash flow struggles of growing (laughs) And particularly in retail, you know, where you're purchasing product, um, you know, your supply chain is super crucial. So for us, we've always had a very narrow supply chain and built great relationships with suppliers, um, which is then as we've grown has allowed us the flexibility of working on our terms of trade with them, which has helped our cash flow. But man, there's been times where it's like... Have you been to the wire like you read in that book? Yeah, totally. Like there was times where I would say even probably 2020 would be a really good example where e-commerce really started to evolve. We were very fortunate. We'd had an e-commerce business since almost day one of I Love Ugly. Um, But we'd really decided to go after that area. And so all of a sudden we got all this growth and obviously with lockdowns and all of that, the whole e-commerce dynamic globally shifted. But, you know, we were putting money into product, trying to grow, you're looking at your, you know, and we were basically over overspending is probably not the best way to put it. But, you know, every month our sales were exceeding. And so we're having to like put more money and put more money in. And like there were some weeks where, you know, you're paying payroll and you're looking at your supplier payments and we're pushing payments out just to try and get the cash in the bank. Um, yeah, so the Shoe Dog, if you haven't read it, read it. It's a great read, but it also definitely highlights any business that's really growing that and we decided here's the other thing tim is like a lot of businesses grow and when they struggle with this aspect because the business owners don't want to carry the risk they often go and get external 
you know, they'll bring in a business partner or a cash injection into the business. We've decided never to do that, which it was interesting at Deloitte at the awards, we were chatting to a couple of different businesses and a lot of them had had cash injections of like investment to help with their growth. What we decided early on was we didn't want that. We liked the idea of keeping our business very simple. So V and I could make decisions, adapt on the fly, but we could grow at the risk we were okay with. And so I probably have, based on V's history and almost being bankrupt, that's been a big journey for us around navigating where the nice balance is. I didn't think I was... I thought I was quite risk averse, but my wife reminds me every now and then. Like, she's like, you're actually not. You're actually quite a risk person. But I always weigh it up with what you can control. And, you know, I always think from a product base, if you're in a business that's got products or even a service, if you can back your service or back your product to grow, then back yourself to grow. And, I mean, retail is always an interesting one. I always think, what's the worst case? That's how we often we often have a lot of conversations around the table around what's the worst case and if we grow to a point that we have to clear product well then you just clear product and you've got different levers that you've different got levers, to... you know to be able to do that like without damaging the brand you know and a lot of brands get themselves into trouble where they just overbuy, 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 and then they're so you know and we had that problem back in 2014 2015 as a business they just over leverage so we've grown at a pace that we're comfortable with which has been you know well above what the well it's obviously to get you on the fast yeah which is but it's been comfortable like i think we could have pushed the envelope even more but we we didn't so you know with your risk tolerance yes does faith play a part in that your 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 personal absolutely faith and i guess what god's spoken to you about the business yeah yeah oh absolutely and i think for me, it's just a confident assurance. I always come back to that, like a confident assurance that, you know, what we are trying to achieve, God's breathing on. And I'm always a bit of an open door guy. When the door is open and things are moving, I'll keep walking in it. And so I feel confident with a confident assurance. But I also think there's been key moments along the way where God has dropped God ideas. Like 2020, um, during lockdown, I was out for a walk one day and there was something that V and I have been talking about as a business idea for about, I'd say, six to eight months and just hadn't pulled the trigger on it. And I was out walking one day and I really felt the Holy Spirit say, this is an idea that you need to, like, activate. And so we did, and it changed our entire e-commerce strategy. And and it was one of the key... I'm not saying because it wasn't me. It was a key catalyst for what our growth has been over the last, you know, two and a bit years particularly I mean we were growing before that but exponential growth in the last couple With of years that just that God idea yeah God idea of like you know and it was a simple idea I didn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a it wasn't an original idea but it was a God prompting of At the, the right time the right time to, to go after I reckon it. that's such an encouragement you know and I think some of the time, you know so for me it's the faith element of that it's also just a piece like in every decision we make. So we opened a store in Commercial Bay um, in June 2020. Like, and it I, I, I remember this because yeah. I'm sitting there with a service-based business myself. Um, we yeah. do a lot of work for um, Council Auckland yeah. Transport. Yeah. And yeah. As soon as it all locked down, you know, we, we had a pipeline and could sit behind our computers in our home offices yeah. and pump this out. But you had 
a bricks and mortar totally. storage, us going up. You were so calm about it. I was amazed. Yeah, and I think that's the peace piece. Like, if you make decisions, you've got to have a peace about it. And I try, I think I'm learning as I get a bit older. Like, if I'm wrestling, then I'm probably not at peace. But if I feel peace, I'll step into it. So, you know, we, I was nervous. Like, I don't think that you can, you can be nervous. Yeah. Like, I think that's, you know, I read recently somewhere about doubt. You know, it's okay to have doubt. Because doubt still means that there's a trust factor in who God is. If we didn't doubt, we wouldn't need God. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. that's the difference. But there's a peace that comes. So, so to me, it's this God. It's the it's the Holy Spirit allowing Him to lead and guide um, with ideas. But it's also having a peace in the decisions we make. Now, going back to the partnership, um, you know, my business partner doesn't business partner doesn't go to church. Um, you know, he has he grew up in a Catholic background, so he has a faith and an understanding. And if you talk to him, he would say he has a faith. But I would, um, you know, he doesn't go to church, so his relationship with God is very different. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so I try and bring into our relationship not so much like God said this, but you know, I'm very open. We talk about church all the time. We talk about all of that. So I think that, you know, it's not about. Um, both of us needing to pray about something and be on the same page. I don't think that's yeah, important. Yeah, in, yeah. You know, I don't sounds weird, but no, know, no, it's like, it's great, and I think yeah. it's going to be um, really enlightening for a whole lot of people who are in different yeah. kinds of relationships yeah. and partnerships and a really good perspective. Um, now, you've got fifty seven employees yeah. and yeah. Um, different relationships with those. What is your view on looking after um, that crew? I'm really passionate about trying to do the best I can with our staff. Like, I've always tried to... I mean, simple things that we've tried to do as a business. Like, we always try and pay above, like, market if yeah. we can. Yeah, um, You know, which I think is important to show value. Um, we try and listen to our staff, try and create a good culture. So, I mean, practically speaking, um, yeah, we try and pay above market if we can not astronomical yeah and yeah. also a lot of our young staff have they you know like there has been a real kind of particularly in the last 12 to 18 months a real young talent demand of you know have you been yeah 20 year olds thinking that they should be paid x <laughs> with no about that. yeah so there is there's definitely we've never and have you retained staff as a result like yeah in terms absolutely of your turnover compared to others in your industry totally really low turnover and our staff generally like if they're leaving they're going overseas okay you know so they're not leaving for other companies um you know they're and we're trying to progress a lot of our progression within the com- has come within the company. So, you know, our retail manager who looks after our retail stores, you know, he started in Wellington and kind of invested in him. Now he's moved to Auckland, heading that up. Um, you know, we just appointed a new brand coordinator, but he started as like a junior graphic designer and has worked his way up. So like, you know, we're really That's trying cool. hard development. development of our young stuff. But then the other part is bringing in really good talent we invested in the last 12 months into some really high level talent but look like around v and i in different areas of the business and that's paying off now and i had the definitely time paying off it's it's yeah definitely a yeah breath moment yeah yeah absolutely like we're seeing real benefit to that yeah um you know there's always the the cost you know the cost benefit part of it but i think long term for us it was a good decision 
Um, outside of that, I think culture is a really big part of employees. Like young staff these days, it's really interesting. Like the flexibility piece. I, I like working in the office. I think there's a real benefit to that. And it's really interesting that a lot of these companies at the moment overseas are making decisions to bring, you know, yeah. Disney, for yeah. example, last week, um, new incoming CEO, former CEO, yeah. back incoming. Um, <laughs> right of a Lifetime was also a great, great book, book if you haven't read it. But, um, you know, everyone back in the office. And really interestingly, you know, we um, <laughs> we went through a full consultation process with our staff around flexible working and hybrid uh, last year. Um, and it was a really great process, but it was really interesting. As soon as we implemented it, most of the staff started coming back to the office like four days a week. You know, we were giving them options around what they wanted to do, but most people do want to be back in the office. Because your culture is so strong. Well, I think the culture is important. Yeah. yeah, and I think bringing the right people is important as well. You know, like we always talk about that, but finding the right talent. We've been really blessed in that. I think because of the brand that I Love Ugly is, and I'm, you know, like we're not perfect, but a lot of young staff want to work for our brand. And so we have a great reputation from a brand point of view. So our job as directors and owners is to keep that when people show up through the door. Because so, it's one thing for people to look at a brand and say, wow, it's amazing, I want to work for them. But so many times you hear, and we've had staff who've worked overseas, who've come back, who worked for some, what I thought were some amazing companies, but culturally inside, yeah. Yeah. not that good. So we try really practically things like we do first Fridays, which is just we just do lunch with all the staff, whoever's in the office on the first Friday of every month. We just throw some pizza or burgers or something. Um, you know, we try and create flexible options on a one, you know, with people. So it's like, cool, what works for you? Um, but also I think you have to be firm with your staff, particularly depending what age they are, but younger staff, helping them know what they don't know. So yeah, yeah. giving them really clear pathways. You're a great coach. Are you, are you doing a lot of this personally? No, well, I, I do it with my, like, like with V and the other exec guys that we have, um, trying to help them. You know, and so I drive a lot of it from a strategic point of view, not an outworking point of view. But while I was working in the business, um, more like hands on, um, up until about midway through last year, I was driving a lot of that. So yeah. I, I, you know, I was trying to implement first Friday. I was a guy that implemented first yeah. Fridays, trying to talk to the staff about what flexible working looked like. And I mean, we went through a big change last year. We moved our business from Central Auckland in for those of you that are in Auckland, like in Morningside, Sandringham, to out west. So we took a bunch of 20-year-olds. At the time, we had, you know, I think we've got 19 or 20 head office staff. You know, that was a big shift for a lot of them where we were around cafes and bars and central city. And we had to really, you know, coach them through, like, shifting out, you know, out. We we, We lost a couple of staff, like, that just didn't, weren't prepared to make the move, which, you know... There's probably underpinning reasons that they didn't, they weren't ready for that. But, you know, overall, we, you know, really, really stoked with the result. And the team loved the... And the other part is creating a great workplace, like a work, you know. Um, what does your environment look like? No, I reckon there's some absolute golden there, yeah. Nick. A couple of last questions, sure. you know, talk a lot about brand. It is such a strong brand. Would you have any advice for... Um, uh, others where brand is so important and yeah. what they do um, in terms of 
building that reputation? I think it's like a holistic approach to the brand. I think if you if your brand doesn't if who you want to be as a brand doesn't like um, what's the right word immerse in every aspect of your business. So we want to be a premium brand that's at an affordable price. And so therefore, every product we develop needs to have a premium aesthetic, but built at a price point that is accessible and affordable. And so as a brand, we want everything that we come across as is premium, so that when people look at it, they think premium, they think high end, but then they get a, it's a surprise and delight, right? There's this, you know, in retail, there's a phrase called surprise and delight. Like, how do you surprise and delight your customer? And it could just be the little trims or the tweaks or the, you know, but everything about your brand, every aspect, whether it's the social, the online, the product itself, it all has to speak. And that's how you create a good brand. The other thing I think is listen to your customer. Like, we've always tried to listen to our customer and take feedback from them. Some of our most successful... How, how do you do that when you're oh, a with fashion the, brand? Well, you just, like, we do online surveys, we do polls with our, you know, with our um, followers on social channels. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways, whether it's, you know, emails out to our top customers and find out what they what products they love. Um, yeah, we like to do that and engage with your customer because yeah. ultimately they're the ones that are spending the money on your brand and there's been change as a result of that feedback absolutely yeah totally and new and product that we've brought into the business like you know what's your favorite product and we went through i think it was last year or the year before we did a whole series where we went to market asked our customers what their favorite products had been over the last 10 years and we brought a bunch of it back which was quite fun, like short limited edition relief. But it just empowers your, you know, the, it, it's the personal connection that your customer has with you as, your, as a brand, I think is really important. The other thing I would say, your brand reputation can be lost really quickly. Um, we made some pretty big changes in 2017, 18 when I came on board. We were having some pretty tough times with customer feedback around our customer service you know delivery a whole bunch of issues on that and our customers were getting quite vocal and it was you know really disappointing but um, so one of the big investments we made was we invested in a customer service person and it was one of the first head office staff outside of say design or you know finance or whatever um, that we bought on board and it was the best thing we ever did because I think if you put your customer first they're going to really protect your brand more than anything and your brand reputation you know as we know right it's like when you lose trust in anything trust can be broken overnight just like a brand can have its reputation destroyed quite quickly i think it's really really important um to make sure everything in your business aligns to who your brand is i love that you know i guess that leads to my last question around purpose I feel like, you know, again, you, you as a brand or as a dude that is on purpose, again, with what you're doing in community and church and yeah. um, in the in the business world, again, for those that are young and searching for that, do you have any, I guess, advice or thoughts around being on purpose? Yeah, I would say um, do what you love. I think start with that, like... You know, it's quite funny when I look back on my life. I always, like, I've really, I've always been passionate about business and I've always been passionate about the church. I grew up in the church. I was really fortunate with parents that are still in church. Um, 
And so what I've really discovered is in my life, the more I tap into and push into the areas that God's how he's wired me, actually that's when I'm going to flourish. It's when I've tried to do things that don't necessarily fit that or outside of what my skill set is. I think as a young person, you don't have to be an expert at everything. So like the biggest lesson I learned, as I shared at the start, when I was at the company in New Zealand that I moved to, I was in a role that I didn't really love because it wasn't how I was wired. It wasn't what I was really good at doing. And the second I moved out of that into something that I was good at, that's when I think you really flourish and you can discover who you are. But I also think that every person has a responsibility, whether you're in business, whether you are in any area, I think, you know, how has God wired you? And ultimately, what is that going to unlock in your life? And so for me, I just keep pushing into that. What am I passionate about? What do I love doing? How has God wired me? And when those two align, I think really that's when God, you know, God accelerates everything in your life. Hey, well, look, thank you so much for spending the time talking to us today. Um, absolutely love your story. Love watching it. Um, uh, up, up close and um, uh, really obviously believing that 2023 continues the massive success of last year yeah and maybe we we round back in a, a year and see where I love ugly and uh, Nick Edwards and the community team uh, at 12 months down the track so um, thank you so much again awesome. and for everyone listening uh, we will catch you next month thanks for having me